Bless your name. Holy Spirit, we invite you to take preeminence, take control, be in our homes, be wherever we are, oh God, and speak to our hearts, oh God. We are, Father, determined not to leave here the same as we came. We are determined, oh God, that by the time, oh God, if we find this meeting is done, your spirit, oh God, would have encouraged everybody. Your spirit would have blessed everybody. You would have healed our land and healed our homes, oh God. You would have been, oh God, our shield and our backlight. You would have, oh God, even come forth and show forth your victory on our behalf in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, take control. Speak through me. Bless somebody under the sound of my voice. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. Touch somebody if you are with somebody watching and say hallelujah. God bless you for being part of what God is doing here. Amen. Turn your Bibles with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. You know, as we go through lockdown and we go through uh, this trying time of pandemic all over the world. In fact, almost everywhere in the world is under lockdown now. And it's, it's very, very, it, we, the world hasn't been like this before. I was talking to a bishop friend of mine the other day and I said to him that this is a dress rehearsal of what rapture would look like. This is how rapture will look like. The whole world will come to a standstill. The whole world will be turned upside down in a moment. If a little virus can turn the whole world, all these uh, power nations with nuclear bombs and all these things, I mean, where are the nuclear bombs? Where is all the money that they have? Everybody is hiding by just a small tiny virus that should tell you that the bible is real bible has predicted all these things that we are going through that tribulations will start that's a sign of the end times it's a sign to show you that we are drawing close to the end it's a sign to tell you that we are getting close and we must take the word of god serious this is not a time to joke the bible says that as it was in the days of noah they were given to marriage. They were going about their business. No one kept warning them, but they didn't listen. Suddenly, the floods came. And it took, they wiped the whole town. They wiped everything, all the economies of the world out. I pray that we will learn from history. Unfortunately, history says that we don't learn from history. But today, I came to encourage you. Today, I came to say to you that it will all end in our victory. Say to somebody, it will all end in our victory. Say it again. It will all end in our victory. If you are looking for a subject title for my message today, it is, it will all end in our victory. Second Chronicles chapter 20 from 1 to 15, the Bible says that, and it happened after this, that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others from them besides the Ammonites, came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they were in Hazazon Tabah. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim a fast through all Judah. So Jehoshaphat, so Judah gathered together a to ask help from the Lord. 
and all the cities of Judah came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord, our fathers, O Lord God, our father, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God who drove the inhabitants of this land before the people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your, self, your friend forever? And they, dwell, and they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, if disaster comes upon us, swords, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence, for your name is in this temple, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. Verse 10 says that, and now here are the people of Ammon and Moab and Manseh, whom you have you would have, you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from and turned from them and in and did not destroy them. Here they are rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession in which you have given us to inherit. Oh our Lord, our God. Will you not judge them, judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that has come against us, nor do we know what to do. But our eyes are upon you. Now all Judah with their little ones, their wives and their children stood before the Lord. Then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehazel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benani, the son of Jael, the son of Matana, a Levite, of the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. And he said, Listen, all you of Judah, you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord, Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. Because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Here ends the reading of his holy word. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah. Now, in this story, the Bible says that Moab, that King Jehoshaphat, Judah, was minding their own business, going back and forth, doing whatever they were doing, and calamity struck them. The kings of Ammon, uh, Moab and Amnon, Ammon gathered together against them. And they came from far country beyond the sea, which is Engedi, to fight them. And the Bible says that the first thing that happened was fear. You know, fear is a very natural reaction to what you overwhelms you. It doesn't matter whether you, you are a faith person or, or you are a strong person in God. It doesn't matter. The natural instinct that happens anytime something overwhelming happens is fear. And to be afraid is okay. Hallelujah. 
the, unfortunately, fear has a way of taking away faith. Fear has a way of taking away faith. Anytime fear is introduced, faith is taken away. And so you need to always get to the place where you are encouraged by the word of God. You see, encouragement comes from the word of God. And when encouragement comes, it takes away fear. So what I've come to do is simple, is to give us the word of God, to encourage us, to take away fear, so that we can have faith one more time in the God who is the God of all. Hallelujah. In Isaiah 41 verse 10, the Bible says that, this is uh, God speaking through the prophet Isaiah. He said, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be anxious. Look at, uh, do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Hallelujah. He says that he will uphold us with his righteous right hand, so we should not be afraid. You see, Jehoshaphat was afraid because he looked at his army, he looked at his strength against the multitude that had gathered against him and he knew that there was no contest. You know, when you look around you, you look at the uh, medical systems we have, as against this coronavirus that is, is striking the world, there's no contest. If we are going to go physically, we cannot overcome. But if we have a God who will rescue and uphold us with his righteous right hand, then we should not be afraid of the pestilence. We should not be afraid of Moab and Ammon coming against us. You know, so the first thing Jehoshaphat did was to gather Egypt, uh, Judah and Jerusalem together. Hallelujah. He gathered the, 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 the countries, um, the, the cities around them, and he gathered them to the Lord. This is the time we need to gather ourselves to God. Hallelujah. This is the time not to be away from God, but this is the time to run to God. You know, when, when people are overwhelmed, sometimes they do the one of, the, uh, of two things. They either go away because they feel God has forgotten them, or they go towards run to God. I am encouraging us to run to God. This is not the time for the church to say that, well, we don't meet in a building, so we are not having church. Let's go up to our, your campus, O Israel. Let, let us just, you know, do what we're doing before. Because God has forgotten all about us. Listen, God hasn't forgotten about you. I said, God has not forgotten about us. God has us right where he needs us. Hallelujah. I said, God has us right where he needs us. In Psalm 50, verse 15, the Bible says, I call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. Hallelujah. When the day of trouble comes, that is the time that we need to call upon God. I said, that is the time we need to call upon God. That is the time we need to even intensify our prayer time. That's the time we need to spend more time in prayer. Rather than spending more time on Netflix and watching uh, things that don't matter. This is the time to even spend more on fasting and prayer. This is not the time to gain weight. I said, this is not the time to overeat. And gain weight. This is the time to, to seek the face of the Lord. If my people that are called by my name shall humble themselves. It's from this same scripture. And seek my face. I will and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. 
you know, it, it, it is the, the, the pestilence that is supposed to make us tend towards God. The pestilence is what is supposed to make us seek the face of God. Not, the, not to seek, turn away from God, but run to God. I want you and I, every one of us, to run to God in prayer. Hallelujah. It's time for us to gather together. In Isaiah 65, verse 1, he says that I permitted myself, this is God talking still, I permitted myself to be sought by those who did not ask for me. I permitted myself to be found by those who did not seek me. I said, here I am. Here am I. Here am I to the nation which did not call my name. This is what God is saying. I am allowing myself, even those who don't seek me, those who don't call my name, those who don't believe in me, I am allowing myself to be sought for by them. And if they seek my face, I will hear them. Those who don't know my name, who don't bear my name, I am allowing them. Isn't God great? That even in a difficult time, he's saying that I am going to allow those who don't even know me to call my name. People are calling the name of the Lord everywhere. Even people who don't believe in God are calling the name of the Lord. How much more those of us who say we believe in God. This is a time for us to call upon his name. Hallelujah. And, and I like what it says in verse 9. It says that if disaster comes upon us because of judgment, pestilence or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence... And cry out to the Lord in our affliction and you will hear and save us. Hallelujah. I, I believe that this particular scripture is, quote, is being quoted from 1 Kings 8, 33 to 34. Let's look at it. 1 Kings 8, 33 to 34. This is Solomon's prayer when he was dedicating the temple. He said, this is what Solomon said. When your people Israel have been defeated by an enemy because they have sinned against you. And when they turn back, they turn back to you and give praise in your name, praying and making supplications to you in this temple. Then you will hear from heaven and forgive the, the sins of your, your people, Israel, and bring them back to the land you gave to the ancestors. Hallelujah. So many years later, the people have sinned. And God has forsaken them and they've been afflicted by pestilence, by famine, by disease. And they said that if we run to you, you will hear. If we run to you, this is Jehoshaphat reminding God. Say that if we, if we stand in this place and pray, you will hear us and you will save us. You see, it's time for us to go wake Jesus up. Hallelujah. I say it's time for us to go wake God up. Amen. In Mark chapter 4 verse 37, a similar story, we know Mark chapter 4, 37 to 39. And a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat. So it was already filling, but he, that's Jesus, was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they awoke Jesus and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Hallelujah. The, the disciples were traveling with Jesus in their boats. 
it's amazing that Jesus was in their boat and yet the storm arose. It's amazing that God is with us and yet coronavirus has appeared and closed all the church buildings down. Jesus is with us in the boat and yes, sickness, disease, calamity is staring at us in the face. What are we going to do? Are we going to jump into the sea and forget about Jesus? Or are we going to have to go and wake Jesus up? When the disciples were, were confronted with this situation, they went to the stand and they woke Jesus up and said that to him, do you not care, master, do you not care that we are perishing? Rise up and do something. It's time for us to go to Jesus, go to God and say, rise up and do something. We cannot do this by ourselves. If we could, we only have to come and wake you up. But this time we need you. Somebody say, I need the Lord. Somebody say, I need the Lord. It's time for God to rise up and speak against the wind. Hallelujah. It's time for us. You see, we, are, we, we have an obligation to go wake Jesus up. I said, we have an obligation to go wake Jesus up. The fact that Jesus is also in the boat doesn't mean that he, he suffers what we are suffering. He's asleep on a pillow. And we are afraid. Hallelujah. So it falls on us. In, in uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16, he says something. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Which means that there is a time in life where we have need. There's a time in life where we cannot do it by ourselves. There's a time in life where we are overwhelmed by calamity. We are overwhelmed by things, something that is greater than us. And when that time comes, we have to go boldly to obtain favor and mercy at the throne of grace. Hallelujah. The Bible says, the Bible calls it a throne of grace, which means that it's a throne that gives you unmerited favor that you don't deserve. It's a throne that answers prayer. It's a throne that gives you, that shields you. It's a throne that gives you protection when you don't even deserve it. Hallelujah. It's a throne of grace. It's a throne where God is. He gives you favor that you don't even deserve. He is there to give you. Even in your sins, even in my sins, when I go to his throne, grace is available. Amen. And grace will speak for us. Hallelujah. You know, when, when you're going through a difficult time, the first thing that will really hit you is discouragement. I want to speak to those who, of us who are getting discouraged. Turn your Bibles with me to 2 Corinthians 1. 2 Corinthians 1. We're going to read from 3 to 7. Verse 3 to 7. This is Paul speaking. He says that blessed be the, blessed be the God and, the Father, and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Father of mercies. Hallelujah. Now listen to how he describes him. The Father of mercies. And the God of all comforts. Hallelujah. So he's, he's almost giving us God's, God's other attributes. He's the father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Who comforts us in all our tribulation. That we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble. With the comfort with which we ourselves have been comforted by God. Amen. As for us, the suffering of Christ abound in us. 
so our consolation also abounds through Christ. Now, if we are afflicted, it is for our consolation and salvation, which is effective for enduring the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or if we are comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. For our hope for you is steadfast because we know that as you are partakers of the sufferings of the sufferings, so will you be partakers of the consolation. Hallelujah. See, what, what you were saying was, we are, we, the uh, disciples or we, the apostles, that's Paul and his group, were saying to the church in, in Corinth that we are suffering. But our suffering is something that is supposed to be part of your encouragement. Hallelujah. He says that the God who comforts you in, in, your, in our tribulation, he may comfort you in your trouble when you go through your trouble. So we are going through so that we can encourage you as you go through. Hallelujah. Discouragement is a thief. It steals our vitality. Most of us, we are losing our zeal for God because we are getting discouraged. We have been praying. We have been fasting. God is not, it's almost as if it's over a month. It looks as if God hasn't heard us. It looks as if the solution is not coming anytime soon. It takes away our zeal. It takes away our joy. Some of us, our peace, I was saying that I, I spoke to a friend who was telling me that he thinks he's going a little bit crazy because he stays alone and he, sometimes he, he, he thinks that he hears voices in the other room. He'll go and open the door and there's nobody. He, he'll be in the living room, then he can hear a voice in the bedroom. Go to the bedroom and there's nobody. And he says that it's, a, it's as if I'm being tormented. Hallelujah. And I was telling him that make sure you develop a focus, develop a routine so that you can focus on it. Just as uh, uh, we human beings, we are people of routine. Morning, you wake up, you brush your teeth, you do this, you do that. Have a regiment, have a regimented life. It will, it will help you to keep your focus and not get discouraged and not lose your peace. Hallelujah. If discouragement dwells long with you, it invites his friends. Here are the friends of discouragement. Do you want to know the friends of discouragement? Number one, fatigue. Number two, hopelessness. Number three, despair, self-pity, depression, doubt, and bitterness. These are the friends of discouragement. That's why I'm, I'm, I've come to encourage you today. That don't allow yourself to be discouraged. Don't allow yourself to be discouraged. The Bible says in, in uh, Psalm 30 verse 5, it says that for his anger lasts only a moment, but favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping lasts through the night, but joy comes in the morning. Incidentally, the nighttime season or the night season is shorter than the day. He says that his favor is, lasts for a long time, a lifetime. The favor of God lasts the whole lifetime, but, but troubles last only a short while. Amen. So don't, don't prolong the nice season in your mind. Don't think that this nice season has gone 
too long. It hasn't. Don't be discouraged by it. Sometimes discouragement can be so strong that even some of us don't want to go on living anymore. Hallelujah. Some are taking it out on their, on their family members. I, I, I've had a few uh, husbands and wives, you know, fighting and stabbing each other just because they have been locked down for a month without going anywhere. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's unfortunate. Amen. You know, because when you, are, when you are discouraged, sometimes you feel like you don't want to live, live anymore. And you blame it on everything. You blame it on everybody but yourself. Discouragement is the satisfaction of the past, distaste of the present, and distrust of the future. Did you hear that? Discouragement is a dissatisfaction of the past, and distaste of the present, and distrust of the future. You know, you, you see that you, you, you look back and all you can see is all the bad things that have happened. You look around you and you have a distaste for the, for the family, distaste for the, the people around you, your children, your, 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 your wife, your husband, your, your flatmates, this taste for everybody, everything. And then distrust. How are we going to come out of coronavirus? How is it going to be like? Are we going to have our jobs? Are we going to go into depression? Are we going to have uh, uh, the world in depression or something? What's going to happen? Are we all about to lose our homes and everything? Distrust for the future. It is it's a result of the blindness that we have. This is the day and this is the time to focus your eyes and your minds on God. Amen. This is not a time to look at the economy. You know, I was saying to my wife the other day that stop listening to the news. Because all it says is how many people have died. 800 people died today. 1,000 people died. Now they, they said that the death rate is going down. We have hit the threshold or, or the uh, apex of the disease. Then it started falling. Then the next day it, go, it went up again. So are we going down? Are we coming up? We don't even know what is happening. This is not a time to be very strong on news. This is the time to turn to heaven. Amen. This is not the time to be ungrateful about what God has done for us. This is the time to rehearse the past. How God has blessed us. How God has healed us. How God has delivered us. Hallelujah. To encourage ourselves. This is not a time of insecurity. Amen. See, Jehoshaphat was, was at the place where he could have been insecure. He was at the place that he could have he should have given up. But he said, let's gather and seek God. Let's speak to God. Let's go and see what God will do for us. Amen. He did not allow himself to be discouraged. You see, if you allow the people to talk to you, they will talk discouragement to you. Because when they came to report, they said that a great multitude beyond the sea, beyond Syria, have gathered against you. They are coming. Hallelujah. If we have nothing to rely on, we forget our blessing and look at our circumstances. Then that is when discouragement begins to take hold. Instead, when you need, or what you need is encouragement. You need hope. You need peace. You need the knowledge that God knows our trouble and he has, he has great concern for us. And he has compassion and he's not leaving us. 
unloved or uncared for. When we keep our eyes on Jesus Christ, which is the best way to be encouraged, if he took the, with the love of, of us, he loved us so much that he came from heaven, he came to suffer, to deliver us. How much when die for us, how much more would he, not with the same love, deliver us from this virus? Let's keep our eyes on Jesus, folks. Let us call on God. Amen. Let us call on God, the Father of mercy. The Bible describes, we just read the scripture. Let's go back to, to it. He says that, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comforts, who comforts us in tribulation. The word mercies here is in the Greek is the word otirimos, which means compassion, pity, and mercy. It means a God that has compassion in his heart for us. Hallelujah. He's the author of mercy. His mercy towards us brings salvation and forgives us of our sins and delivers us from eternal damnation. Amen. And this is because Jesus has paid the price. He sacrificed already for us. God is a God of mercy and he will deliver us. Psalm 86 verse 5 says that for you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive, abundant in mercy to all those who love, who, who call upon your name. Amen. He's going to comfort us and have mercy on us. Amen. Sicknesses, financial difficulties, loss of loved ones, being insecure of the future, accidents are part of life. Amen. I am sure most of us know somebody who has died. Most of us may have been going through or may have gone through this disease, this sickness, this virus. But I want you to not be discouraged. I don't want you to, to be perturbed. Listen, it will end in our victory. I say it will end in our victory. As we go through these difficult times, I want us to remember that God is with us. He has never left, let us, uh, left us. He won't leave us now. Amen? I say he won't leave us now. James chapter 1 verse 2 says that consider it pure joy, my brethren, when you fall or you face diverse kinds of trials. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish it's work so that you may be mature and complete without or, and not lacking anything. That's the NIV version. Amen. The trial of your faith, that's the, the King James, the trial of your faith worketh patience. And when patience has had its full effect, it makes you entire or perfect, wanting nothing. Hallelujah. It makes you perfect and entire, wanting nothing. This is the time for us to endure the affliction. This is for us to have faith and persevere through it. This is not a time to give up. I said this is not a time to give up. This is a time to encourage ourselves in the Lord. You should encourage, be encouraged because 
you can be an instrument of comfort for others. This is what Paul was saying, that when you have gone through your hard time, then God can use you as an instrument of comfort to somebody so that you can comfort somebody. I always say this, and I'm saying it again. Make sure that you become a source of comfort for somebody. I know you may be going through your own insecurities, your own challenges. You are thinking about whether you have a job or not. But this is not a time to worry about that. This is a time for you to become a merchant of comfort. A merchant of encouragement for somebody. This is a time for you to begin to speak to somebody. Call people. Go in your phone book list, uh, uh, list and call people. Send texts to people. WhatsApp messages. Just encouraging them. Tell them to hang on in there. It will be over soon. God is with us. Say something positive to somebody. Amen. Because that is part of your lessons that you must learn in your time of trial and affliction. It's a time, your part of your lesson is to be a comforter of those who are going through. Amen. The Bible says that when Job interceded for his friends, even though he was the one going through, the Lord turned his captivity and gave him double everything that he lost. As we become merchants of comfort and we comfort others, God is going to turn our captivities around and he's going to bless us. Amen. See, this, this glorifies God when we comfort others. When we make ourselves a channel that God can use to reach other people, God's name is glorified and he glorifies us. Amen. You need to praise God. You need to learn to worship God even through your afflictions. Hallelujah. I want us to return to the story. Go back to verse 20. That's Second Chronicles 20, 20. So they rose early in the morning. This is after they have prayed and sought the face of God. And God had given a direction. God said to them, in the morning, don't be afraid. Rise up early and go down the valley to face them. Amen. So they rose up early in the morning and went into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said to them, said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe in his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who will sing to the Lord and praise, and who should praise the beauty of his holiness as they went out before the enemy, saying, Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now, when they began to sing and to praise God, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord set ambushment against the people of Ammon, against Mount Seir, against Moab, against Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they ha they were defeated. Hallelujah! The Bible says that they were. Let's read on. Let's go on verse twenty-three. For those, for the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. Amen. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. This is the enemy. The enemy, instead of, they, they are joined together to fight. But when they, 
uh, Jehoshaphat and Jerusalem, when they praised the Lord, the Lord set confusion in the camp of the enemies. So the enemies helped to kill themselves. Amen. May the enemies of the people of the world help to destroy themselves. May coronavirus help to destroy its own self in the name of Jesus. I don't know whether you're encouraged by this, but you see that it doesn't matter which story you take from the Bible. It all ends in victory. Amen. And the scripture says there's nothing new under the sun. It doesn't matter whether it was uh, Egypt coming against um, uh, the Israelites. It doesn't matter whether it was the, uh, all the ites, the uh, Canaanites, the Hivites, the, Chari- uh, the Perizzites, all those ites coming to fight. It always ended in their victory. The Amalekites, the Phil- uh, Philistines and whatever, they all came, but it ended in our victory. Amen. And this time also, I guarantee you that it will end in our victory. The scripture says that all things work together for the good of them that love God, them that are called according to his purpose. This too will work for your good. This too will be something that will give us a testimony. This too will come into the victory list that we have. Hallelujah. So you don't have to live alone. You don't have to weep in solitude. You don't have to uh, let your, your, your crest fall. You don't have to be a, a, a Christian who is shy and who is very hopeless in the fact that God hasn't heard, heard our cry up to now. No, this is a time to walk in this confidence that God has already wrought the victory for us. And this too will end in our victory. I want you to say this with me. This too will end in my victory. This too will end in my promotion. Victory is guaranteed. Victory is assured. We are victorious. We are more than conquerors. 